0: Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you... Create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need, a track record, a proof of business to get the record deal, the management deal, the publishing deal, the booking agents. That's what you want. They need to know that you're already doing it. So, The good news is you don't need anybody's permission. The bad news is you got to do it yourself. But that's what the show's about. That's why we call it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a Baxteronym from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by. Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a number one on CCM this year, too. Congrats again on that. Thank friend. you. First of all, I like him because he helps songwriters like you. He reveals how to write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then once you get that stuff all up to speed, he's going to put you in contact with the pros so you can start creating relationships and move into that space. And you can find very very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, it's songwritingpro.com.
1: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros then Daredevil Production can help. Listen, Daredevil has worked with multi platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Man, I'm doing all right. Ready to knock this sucker out? We're already in the 250s, (laughs) episode 251, which is crazy. Uh, Well, we're out of all of them, but uh, 250 Tuesdays, and we have not missed a one yet, which is crazy crazy uh, man i'm proud of you i'm proud of if me if my wife that, could have date nights that consistently i would have 19 <laughs> children <laughs>
0: That's right. You wouldn't have to import them. From China. I know exactly. The factory would be up and running. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> um So if I speak with a slight speech impediment through the first part of this, it's because I just had two cavities filled this morning. Oh. So I had this perfectly timed to come off this stuff, of but my schedule got rearranged, and so Brent graciously agreed to cut an hour earlier. But I'm still all blown up like a balloon, or at least it doesn't look like that, but it feels like that. You know, when you're getting them, yeah. I'm trying to drink coffee
1: and not drool on myself. So there's lots of stuff it's happening like that over Bill here. Bill Cosby thing. Like my up. I came up from my liver. <laughs> <That's laughs>
0: That's exactly it, man. I'm on the struggle bus.
1: Um, so.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm on, is struggle bus.
1: <laughs> You're playing Hurt, dude. I love it. You're playing Hurt. That's why we haven't missed an episode in 251.
0: That's right. The team matters. But this weekend, I go to the gym. Get this. Because the building that our offices are in. I have an insane amount of keys for that building. I have a front door. I have the hallway door. I have my office door. I have the other office door. I have the back parking lot gate key Mm -hmm. the mailbox key and the back stairwell that goes up to the third floor so it's like seven keys (laughs) and i got them all color coded along with my house key right because they all look the same so i gotta have those like plastic color clear sleeves and then of course i got my car key on there and i also have the little tag that has the barcode where they zap me when i go to the gym right yeah So I go to the gym. I'm working out on Saturday and I got to go pee right in the middle of a run. So I just hop off the treadmill. I got my phone. I run in pee. I come back and I don't realize it, but somebody had come and taken my keys. Uh. Like somebody straight up stole my freaking keys, right? And it's just the most annoying thing ever. Like I don't know how you could mistake it for your own, right? You know, color, because it's like a how big it is. Yeah, yeah. And then I waited all day Saturday. Nobody came back with them. All day Sunday, nobody came back with them. So this morning I had to get up and go get a key made at Toyota, and they did it like really fast. And so now I had to run back to be able to make my dental appointment. And then when I'm done with this, I got a phone call. And then I got to go drive the car itself because the car was in the parking lot. I at the say, gym yeah. all
1: week. You're lucky your car's still there.
0: Well, I was waiting for somebody to steal well, it. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe that's what they're doing. But no. And I scoured every inch of that damn gym, which is insanely clean, <laughs> right, because of COVID. Right. And there's not a dust bunny to be found that could be mistaken for a set of keys or a set of keys that could be found that could be mistaken for a dust bunny. So somebody took those damn keys, just decided not to return them, I guess. You know, like I'm just like, what, what a pain. And so now add insult to injury, the owner of my building just had surgery so, oh, uh, that uh, and raised out of town. So like, <laughs> I can't get into my damn office. Oh, man. <laughs> and I don't know how it's going to happen exactly. Oh, you know what? Chelsea's got, Chelsea's keys. got keys. Chelsea's alive. I'll ask her, but okay, that's enough of mine. You know what? I had a friend of mine whose Alzheimer grandma on Saturday was running on the sidewalk and face planted, and is in the hospital looking like somebody beat the living daylights out of her. So I just got a big pain in the ass weekend. I ain't doing that bad, but yeah. uh, Sorry, I had to vent a little bit. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just they're
1: keys, like I. Keys. You know, Who steals keys? Yeah. Some people just need to get a life. I mean, it's amazing. You just chug along your day, right? And one little decision, one little thing, one little thing derails. Yeah. Like now you got a new hobby. I'm the. Yeah. I'm the, guy the, the <laughs> I got a new chain. hobby for this week. I, I got so much I got to do. I got to got make keys. What's my hobby? Like that lady is like she's walking along, chugging along the sidewalk, one little oops, and what uh, I got a new hobby. What's that? Healing. So
0: Yeah, bless her heart, man. She
1: looked bad. Oh, I, that's I, awful. I, bad. You,
0: know, you get that happening, you're like, well, I I need to shut and up. I,
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's all that work just to get back to where you were. Not even like we work hard and it's to like get ahead. Yeah. I don't like the whole working hard just to get back to where I was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, just in trying to figure out like, wait, what? Yeah. I gotta the keys? Really? The keys? You hadn't you had, had that cup phone. of coffee before you went running, you'd have keys. I want to you, Johnny, exactly. if you drink that cup of coffee, you're going to have to make a whole new set of keys. You'd be like, why does that make any sense? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so what are we going to learn All about that? Right, well, <laughs> it's actually a wonderful segue because just like one little thing, one little choice Johnny made at the gym, jacked up his whole day, one line in your song can run the whole thing it can derail the rest of your song's chances for getting cut. How's that for a segue?
0: That, it's like we set it up. I swear to God, we've done this before, but we didn't. No, do no, that. I set like, it up. I'll
1: take your keys back to you. But it was it was all set up for just the scheduling. Thanks, man. No problem.
0: I would appreciate that because now I got like a $400 extra spare key, you know, because you got to get the key fob and everything. Right. It's like, oh, So, hey, before we do that, let's take care of a little business. Join the client community if you haven't done so. You have to ask to be let in, but we would let everybody in and we only bounce out the jerks. That's right. So it's entirely in your power to stay or to go. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not up to us make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you consume your podcast leave a rating and review we're trying to get to 200 and tell a friend about it i mean you give us 30 40 minutes of your time at least every week. We've been doing it now for almost five years. Where, Like you said, we're in episode 251 mm-hmm. here. So guys, there's got to be a reason for it. Tell somebody about it and maybe we can help them too. That's
1: mm-hmm. right. That is right. And uh, one thing we like to do in the climb community is every week we post the new height segment. So every Wednesday that comes out, it is your brag board. You leave a comment under there. We want to hear your wins because big or small, we love them all. And so yeah. I'd like to share a couple of these every week on here. So uh, this one's from Michael Roth. He got named to the NSAI's one-to-watch list again. So that's like, hey, these writers are doing good things. Keep an eye on them. One's to watch. And Michael is one-to-watch. I've I've heard enough of his stuff to know that. So he also had uh, found out that two of his songs made it to the semifinals of the Dallas Songwriters Association's Song Contest. He said he is semi-happy about that because it made it to the semifinals. <laughs> so... <laughs> so congrats and, and good luck, Michael. Also, Kimberly Smoke says here, recently received the top honor from Fair Play Country Music at the Red Carpet Awards in Holland. Fair Play in music business was awarded for positive contributions, integrity, and character in the music business. She says she's so in awe and always do the right thing, even if no one's watching. Awesome, Kimberly. Good luck with that, or congratulations, I guess, on that. Good stuff nice. happening. Congratulations, in the for sure. I love I love hearing this yeah. stuff. so good deal. I love it. I love it. All right, so let's get into it, because we got to roll. That's right. All right. So as you may know, each line of your song is important. Every line needs to be on point. Every line needs to point to the central idea, the theme, or the vibe of your song. Every line needs to pull its weight. Each line has a job to do, especially if you want to get cuts however and sometimes one single line can mess up your song's chance to get recorded or to connect with the listener so we're going to dive into some of these today how a single line can cause your whole song to fail dun, dun, oh. dun, as my kids would say sounds ominous. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i'm i'm riveting. yes okay i'm not talking about like okay this line or that line was a little off topic or a little confusing sure Those things are to be avoided because they do hurt your song. You want to stay on topic and you want to stay clear, especially depending on your genre. You know, if it's country, you want to be clear what you're talking about. Other genres can, you know, fudge that more. But especially like in country, you do want to be clear. okay? but that's not what I'm talking about. These are specific types of one liners that can derail your song. So the first one is the cornerstone slash stumbling block. Cornerstone stumbling block. See, I think it's a mistake to make one line of your song too important. Like one of those lines where you're thinking, boy, if the listener misses this one line, they'll get lost. Oh, yeah. That one off ramp to get to where you want to go, that one exit sign that if you miss it, you're off in BFE and you have no idea what's going on.
0: That's Texas on the 10. Like when you pass El Paso, Mm -hmm. then it's like ghost town for 200
1: miles. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. It's a dangerous way to write. And you don't want to hang too much of the weight of your song on one line. Sadly, it's too much to expect of your listener's attention that they're going to follow every single line and that they're going to hit that line. Because listeners usually don't give your song their full undivided attention. They just don't. I mean, Johnny, what are some of the things you're doing when you're listening to music, especially like just as a fan listening, not for a project or someone you're working with, but you're listening just as a consumer? Okay,
0: as a fan I am, cause I'm going to listen to a lot of rock. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely doing air guitar, <laughs> yeah. some windmills. I got my nasty face on. Uh-huh. If the lead is really good or if I just am digging the guitar sound and I'm kind of just getting off on the rhythm of everything and the guitar licks and the way that the arrangements are kicking. Right. And I know I'm articulating it maybe in a sophisticated sort of industry way, but, but I mean, I'm just getting off on it. Yeah. You know, I'm just feeling it and then copping the melody. Like, lyrics for me, and I know people where this is the opposite, but lyrics for me, always the last thing. Mm -hmm. I'm into the vibe first. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, You know what I'm doing when I'm listening, like, as a consumer? What's that? Walking, I'm changing a diaper, doing the dishes. Oh, yeah. Putting up laundry, (laughs) or I'm taking a shower, or whatever. fair enough. I'm doing stuff,
0: right? Fair fair enough. Fun. See, it's not fair for me to answer that question, too, because I also have the curse of knowledge on that. Mm -hmm. So, like... You know, music for me has been a blessing and a yes. curse. I get in trouble. I can be in a conversation, like a really important conversation and something comes on and all of a sudden I'm in the mix. Yeah. You know, it's like, hello? I it. I, wait, no, what? Are you ignoring me? In oh, the
1: mix. Like, sorry. sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I do it, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, so sorry. <laughs> my point is, yeah, we do listen differently than most people as riders, not just me and you, but the climbers out there, right? But most people, they're driving, they're on a commute. What if they get cut off in traffic during that one line that they need to get? The cornerstone line. Then it becomes a stumbling block line. They miss their exit on their commute because maybe they really miss their exit. And now they're thinking about that. And they miss that one line in your song, then they're lost, right? Or if the phone rings, a text comes in during that one line, they're digging your song like, yeah, man, this is cool. It's a new one by so-and-so or whatever. And then, ding Oh, what's that? Ooh, Billy called. Oh, anyway, back into the song. And they they miss that line. I mean, you can't expect the listener to give you their full undivided attention. It's nice. And if your song just slays them, then you may get that at some point when they're already a fan. But that's the thing if that text or whatever interruption comes during the one line they have to get, or they won't get your song, they ain't going to get your song. Yeah. And so what you built to be the cornerstone of your song just becomes a stumbling block to your listener. And so this doesn't have to be a line that provides like the big surprise twist ending. It can be that like, Oh, this is a line you find out that the singer's in prison or dead the whole time or whatever, you know, Yeah. it doesn't have to be that. It can just be the line in the first verse that sets up the singer as a single mom. And then if you don't, catch that line you may not understand the context for the rest of it is in the context of a single mom song you just may go yeah. well, why is this girl what what she's upset about or what's going on here you know you just may not get it so whatever it is you don't want to hang too much weight of your song on one line you kind of want to pepper that information throughout your song you just want to expect and account for the fact that your listener may be kind of coming in and out of your song because attention span or distractions or whatever. So that's the stumbling block cornerstone line. I, mean, I never thought about that before, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes we can do that. Maybe a little bit, we have the curse of knowledge. So we know what the situation is. We put it in one line, we're moving on. If you read it down, it makes sense. But we just can't expect people to listen that way. It's like walking on ice. You know, if you're yeah. walking on an icy lake or whatever, and I'm sure where you're from, you've done this a time or two, right? Oh, yeah. You spread that weight around. You're like laying on your belly. You know, army crawling across the lake or whatever, because you don't want to stand up because that puts too much weight in one spot and the ice crack and you could fall through. So you want to distribute the weight of whatever that is that we need to know to understand your song. You want to kind of distribute that weight around. So the whole thing hopefully doesn't fall through. So that's the cornerstone stumbling block. Here's another one. The wait for it line. This one usually like is that twist or the surprise or that otherwise killer line where you think, oh, man, if they just listen until we get to that line, it's like usually in the second verse of the bridge. If they just listen to that line. I've got them. Well, I hate to tell you, yeah. they are probably not going to listen through to that line. And it may be a great line. But the danger of the wait for it line is that you can't make the listener wait for it. Every line needs to keep the listener's attention. I mean, what's that little button on all our streaming services? Radio dials? They got little buttons that let you change the channel, skip to the next song.
0: Yeah, I can do that by just telling you know who to skip for me. (laughs) Exactly, yes. I don't even need a button. I'm just like, skip. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) I can interrupt you my dang self, right? Yeah, I'm not going to mention her name because she is listening. Mm -hmm. So every line has to keep the listener's attention. You can't put cliches throughout your lyric expecting the wait for it line to save your song. The listener is going to tune out literally or figuratively before the line ever gets there. So you want to keep the listener's attention with every line. I mean, sometimes it it may not even be just the one line, maybe the bridge. Oh, if you just if they get to the bridge and they find out it's not a funeral, it's a wedding. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you just kind of don't put in all the effort all the way through. You're counting on that third act to save the movie. <laughs> you know, that last chapter to save the book. Oh, that's a good way to put it. We can get up and leave. We're not captive audiences, not these days, not anymore. If they're at a live show, yeah, maybe, or maybe they still get up and go to the bathroom or go get a drink or something. We just don't have captive audiences. We can't count on that wait for it line to blow their minds and like- That has to be like the cherry
0: on top. I think about, you know what I think about right now? I'm I'm thinking about Sixth Sense, the movie. Uh Which is completely fascinating throughout the whole movie, exactly. and then at the end, you find out that the twist happens, and it just is whoa! It's a mind blow. Yeah, but it works all the way up through that. That just makes it even better. Oh, it does.
1: Yeah, and it might have been if they didn't put that big twist at the end of that movie. That the movie might have been like somewhat disappointed or just okay. Yeah. But thing is, you are there every step of the way, and so then when they give you that, wait for it. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh, I got to see that again. Just to watch it yeah. in the context of knowing what I know now. But yeah, every, every scene in that thing, you're like, it's compelling. It's riveting. Maybe it might be kind of frustrating because like what's going on, but it's a mystery. I'm in, I'm in it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a great analogy because your song needs to be that way. And I think you need to write it in a way that what if you don't have that twist at the end? Is it still a really compelling song? Yeah, Every line, every verse There's a Hold up <laughs> Yes, hold on to the listener And make it where it's not all about the twist Or it's not all about that one section Or that one line just, Hey, if they just listen to your first verse and chorus Are they going to be like Ooh, I want to hear more of that If they just hear your first verse Do they want to hear more of it If they just hear your chorus Do they want to hear more of it You can't wait for the wait for it line To save your song Because it's not going to And here's our, here's our last one so I got 3 of these today.
2: Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has 3 pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the Headphone Pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons,
1: So the other one is the crossed that line. Okay. It's like, oh, you crossed that line. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so this one really depends on your genre.
0: It sounds like my kind of yes, line. Exactly.
1: But... <laughs> so, it's going to depend on your genre, but you can be chugging along just fine. Your song's just chugging, 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 you know, taking those steps is making the A&R person, Bob his head and tap his pencil. When all of a sudden you like drop an F bomb that has to be an F bomb because it's the rhyme. Or you say something really (laughs) negative about a woman or something else that is like a cut killer. So, again, depends on your genre. Cut killer. It's a cut killer. That's good. So, let's say you're pitching this thing for George Strait and and Tony Brown, the producers listening, go, man, this is so George Strait. Oh, my gosh, this is so George Strait. Then all of a sudden you drop an F-bomb in the middle of it. He's like, that ain't George Strait. That's straight in the (laughs) trash. Nope. Nope. You're doing just fine.
0: (laughs) It's like the one character in High Anxiety. I got it. I got it. I got it. I ain't got it.
1: (laughs) You know, it's like you're on that blind date and you find out they're awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. And then they go, and so anyway, my 45 kids at home. Whoa.
0: (laughs) So anyway, I just want to know, are you also a Nazi (laughs) savior? What? Wait, Wait, what? (laughs) what? Check, check,
1: Check, please. please. Exactly. (laughs) And again, this is very much dependent on your genre, on your artist you're aiming for, because, hey, obviously, if you're Cardi B, ain't a whole lot you ain't going to say, right? It's like, ooh, that made me blush. No, not really going to happen with that. But artists have certain things they say and certain things they won't say. Some will sing about weed. Some won't sing about weed. Some will sing about drinking. Some don't even sing about drinking. Mm -hmm. Some will drop an F-bomb or a GD or whatever, and others don't. All right, so... Depend on your genre, on your artist, there are just certain things they they don't want to touch. And so your song could be a great fit otherwise. But man, if there's that one line that just crosses the Rubicon, there's no going back. And that can be a cut killer. Yeah, may not be a cut killer for someone else, yeah, but maybe for that artist, it can be a cut killer. So you just want to be intentional about those things and think about it. And sometimes you just do the trade-off knowing like, well, you know what? Yeah, so-and-so is not going to cut this, but this may put this totally in the wheelhouse of someone else. Because of this line. Maybe it's not a bug, it's a feature, but it depends on the artist and the lane. And you just want to be intentional about it. You want to think about it. You want to make sure that if you make that choice, it is a conscious choice, it is a decision that you're aware of the trade offs of the risk and the possible rewards. And then you, as a creative, as the owner of that song, you make that choice on purpose.
0: You have to know the rules before you can break them. Yeah. You know, and to the industry pro who's going to be listening to that, deciding whether or not themselves or or their person is going to cut it. Mm -hmm. They're going to know whether or not you knew what you're doing or didn't know Mm -hmm. what you were doing. Yeah. You're not going to blow that
1: by them. So you better understand that. Yeah. Here's another example. It could be when it's a happy love song and then there's a line that reveals that the singer is a parent or a grandparent. So there's nothing wrong with this. I love some parents, some grandparent songs, whatever. But it limits which artist can sing it, right? So mm-hmm. your song, it might even be really important that the singer be a parent or a grandparent, but just realize the trade-off. So you can have this love song. And I've heard them before where, you know, it's just, I love you, you're the one for me, whatever, nice love song. And then like, there's a line in the bridge that is like, and as we watch our children grow or, and as our children move away, I'm still happy to be with you. Like you go, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, the singer has to be old enough to have kids that are moving out of the house, like 18-year-old kids.
0: Yeah, yeah you, just, you just aged them you 25 just, years.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of now just being like, this could be my girlfriend or this girl I'm living with or my new spouse or whatever, all the way up to grandparents, right? It could include grandparents, but all of a sudden, now it can't be the 25-year-old singer. And by the way, most of them sing like they're 22 to 25 years old. That's their brand, even if it's not their actual age, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially if your song's not even about that. The song is, what's it about? It's about I love you. It's not about I love you and look how grown our kids are. It's just about I love you. Yeah. Well, then do you need that line about, man, kids are moving away, but whatever. You just want to be aware of that. Yeah. You want to be aware of that go, oh my gosh, all of a sudden all these people can't sing it.
0: A fix for that would be like, again, like being intentional. You could sort of make it like a daydream, right? You could be like, I'm so excited about you. I can't wait till we're old enough to see our kids move
1: yeah, away. Yeah, you can do that, something like
0: that. Or just find something. Or third person. Be
1: third person it. Or maybe, you know, if it's not relevant to the proceedings or if it's not like this has to be in here for this whole song in this context, you just take that out, replace it with something else that doesn't limit the singer. And most of the time, that's probably what it's going to yeah. be if it's just one line then it means it's not integral to the whole thing. It's like, okay, maybe just take that part out about the kids growing up and replace it with something else lovey-dovey. And I think some of the times how this happens is maybe the writer is just writing their life and they're writing honestly. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a 50 year old songwriter and my kids are moving out now. And I'm writing my my truth and my story and, and a love song for my wife. And that's awesome. But just be aware that that is definitely limiting who can sing it. And then, again, yeah. you make that choice. Is this so important? Because you always got your version of the song to play for your wife, right? For her to go, that's right. you're so sweet. You know, that's how we've made it these yeah. years, whatever. And
0: doesn't it make a great story? Well, here's how it was originally yeah. written. So you still get to have like all the value from that. And what I guess family mm-hmm. prestige, that warm thing, the way you really wrote it. But then also you're smart because you twisted up a couple of things to make it viable in the bigger. So market. there may
1: be some songs where the whole thing is I'm a parent or our kids are moving away. And that's great. But again, if it's not what the whole song hangs on, like, do I need this in there? You just do the cost benefit analysis. or are going, yeah. oh, OK, well, all of a sudden, is this line worth and this thought in here worth excluding all these people that could have sung it otherwise. And then you make a choice as a creative, as the owner of your music business, you make a choice, but that's a big thing I want you to talk about. A couple of them I think are technical issues where the wait for it line and the stumbling block cornerstone are like technical things you need to avoid just avoid them. The cross that line is really dependent on what your goals are, who your artist is, that sort of thing. So a little bit of a different category for that one.
0: But no, you you just have to know the difference, man. You know, I don't think we can say this enough, but this makes me think of something. When you're dealing with art and you're dealing with collaborative Mm -hmm. art. Okay. So you got your Bruce Mm Springsteen's and he's going to write his songs the way he wants to write them. And he's going to sing them the way Mm -hmm. he wants to sing them. And he's going to record them because he's the artist and he sells it. So he's completely vertical Mm -hmm. built on that. Right. But if you are a writer that is trying to get cuts for somebody else, I mean, I think about the way, that Hollywood works Mm -hmm. in that fashion, right? You have a book and then somebody takes this book that was absolutely a smash hit and they, and they write a screenplay for it. So there's adaptations Mm -hmm. that are made and they have to cut a bunch of stuff out of the book because obviously you don't have enough time to keep the listener's attention to be as thorough as the right. book was, right? And so you make this killer movie. And so then the original artist, the book writer, now has to deal with the fact that it's, there's going to be some changes that are made. And then once that screenplay is done, then you've got a director who's going to put their artistic interpretation on the way that it's shot, cut, and all that. You've got your director of photography, like what you see in the foreground, in the background, the focus pullers, all that kind of stuff. It all matters to the feel and the vibe of the movie. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the actors, right? And what are they going to bring to a character? And think about if you go and look at some movies where there's been like a series of movies where there's been multiple different mm-hmm. actors, right? Like right, 007 yeah. comes to Batman. mind. Or, or, yeah, or Batman or mm-hmm. Jack Ryan, right? With the Tom Clancy movies, vastly different kinds of personalities and ways to interpret what's going on there. And so my point being that songwriters too often as songwriters think like artists mm. incorrectly, yeah. right? Like, they're like, well, this is the way I got to be true to myself and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, man, maybe you could sing that and get away with that, but you're limiting, you know, maybe because if your brand is like that and you choose that line, you're throwing a much smaller net. And by the way, you're not an artist, right? Right. You're not the artist. You're something else, right? You're the writer. Yeah, You're an
1: artist, but maybe not the artist that's going to record and make yeah. this song a hit. And it's so tricky because it's such a balance and no one really knows because it is art. Sometimes that I don't give a flying flip what anyone else thinks. This is my truth. I'm going to write it and it's 100% like me and unique. That might be what makes it win because somebody's like, oh my gosh, that's not anywhere else. That's different. And that's what makes it shine through. Other times that can be what gets it thrown out of the party. You know, we, we don't know the right. examples of both of like, yeah, I went back and I changed some stuff. It's not exactly the truth, but it's the truth, even if it's not exactly the facts. You know, don't let the facts get in the way of the truth. And they win that way. And other times people go, well, I'm just going to write exactly what I'm feeling and I'm going to go there. And sometimes that's what makes it win. We don't know. We're all taking this up, but I like to try and get the odds in my favor. Because on one hand, you don't want to vanilla something down. You don't want to make it so unremarkable because it's so safe. Yeah, like you don't want that. You got to take some chances, but you also want to be careful about when you're taking your chances, right? But listen to this,
0: you can have your cake and Mm -hmm. eat it too. You know, the director gets a director's cut, right? Before the distributor gets in on the editing and starts chopping stuff out for time. Okay. And certainly there's loads of artists who have released songs that are really, really long that have a single cut Mm -hmm. for it because they want to try to keep it in that three and a half minute frame for that. And I think sometimes as artists and as writers, we're naively sort of looking at the way that a song impacted us as it's the only way. It's the recording that we're familiar Mm. with, right? But if you go back and listen to like the demo tapes of Van Mm -hmm. Halen before they got signed, or there's some stuff out there now of the original demo recordings of Guns N' Roses, the structure's different, man. It's vastly different than what ended up on the record and so you can do one thing on the record and then do it however you want to do it live if you're an artist right there's no music nazis going around saying there can only be one version (laughs) of that song so why wouldn't you have all of them sometimes I just wonder why people get so hung up on that. Like when you and I talked about the way that you demoed a song where the lyrics could go either way. It could be for a boy or a girl. And it could also be a Mm -hmm. duet. So you're choosing the key on the demo very carefully so that the guy's going to have to sing a little higher than he would normally like to, and the girl's going to sing a little lower than she would be comfortable doing. But that way you got a key that can meet Mm in the middle, so you only got to record it once, but you can have a male version of it, you can have a female version of it, which might have a few different pronouns in there or whatever and then also the duet you know what i mean so if there's three different versions of the same song and you're giving them all the life that they can Mm -hmm. give that's just good business yeah
1: it's like we can run all over town as long as stylistically it fits but we can pitch a male we can pitch a female we can send it to groups like lady a who switch off or little big town or whatever it's like yeah i love options i love when that happens yeah the song has to work in each of those cases But I've I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. And
0: so I I just want everybody to be open, like,
1: hey, do it all, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) That's right. So uh, listen, knowing how to avoid these lyrical landmines like these we talked about today can make a big difference in your songwriting. So I think successfully sidestepping them, is going to help you write market smart songs and songs that have a competitive advantage in the market. And that's really what we're aimed at today. Like if you're writing for personal fulfillment, do whatever the heck you want. Fulfill yourself, you know, go fulfill yourself. Yeah. (laughs) If if you fulfill yourself, you'll get hair on
0: your
1: palms. uh, Uh, We went there. So anyway, if you're wanting to write for cuts, you need to pay attention to what's going to give you a little bit of an advantage in the marketplace. Sometimes the advantage, and I've done this before, is we write stuff that you know what this is going to be edgy, and this is not going to be for everybody. Or maybe it's not edgy. Maybe just because of what it is, it's not for everybody. But you know what? The truth is my superpower. I'm going to use my superpower and it gives a better chance of finding that home. Eventually, you know, you're playing the long game that eventually it's going to find that person it resonates with, you can get away with it versus we're going to tone this down till it's vanilla and it's kind of unremarkable. And why would anyone want to, you know, you want to give them a reason to say yes. You don't want to just remove reasons to say no. You got to give someone a reason to say yes, which is a big difference than just not giving them a reason to say no. Especially when you're writing outside the, the camp, you know, if you're not writing with the artist, you're not the artist. You're not the producer. You're not writing with the producer. It's a different kind of ball game. You got to give them big reasons to say yes, and also minimize reasons to say no. So that's what I had today. Hey, listen, if if you're listening to this and what I'm sharing is just ways of thinking like a pro songwriter. If you want some more of those, I have a free ebook for you. It's called. Think like a pro songwriter. You can find it at songwritingpro.com slash gift. That is songwritingpro.com slash gift. Or if you just go to Songwriting Pro, you look up on the main headline there and it says free gift. You just click on that. But songwritingpro.com slash gift. You just tell me where to send it. We send it on to you and it's my gift to you. Love it. Love it. Well, hey,
0: guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts. Join the Climb community leave a rating and review we're hoping for 5 stars but if it's 1 we'll still read it on the air we don't care i mean we care but well you know we'll we'll own up to we take the <laughs> losses <bad>. too <laughs> with our chins that's held right. high and finally uh, man make sure you tell a friend about it just trying to get to as many people as we can help as many people as we can and that's why we're here this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top Ooh, right.